Good morning, good morning on this awesome Sunday morning. Wow, trust you, I was so excited to be in the service this morning. And welcome to all our viewers, because this is going to be a life-changing message this morning. Now, I never share the word just to say, whoa, a good preaching, or I want to share a word that can transform your life, that takes you from a condition back into your position as a king, a priest, a prophet, as a world changer, my word as a visionary of greatness, and to change the atmosphere on the face of the earth. This is phenomenal. Now, this is the Sunday that we, the last time that we broadcast in the mornings from this uh, location next Sunday, we'll be back in church. <laughs> 250 people per service allowed, and then we're going to do, I think, the 8 o'clock service we can do for Afrikaans people who drink coffee, and then the second service where I minister for the English people who drink tea. <laughs> we'll broadcast also from the English service. And then, of course, six o'clock at night, we broadcast from the same venue. We do the live stream again. But we want to say thank you for the opportunity that we can visit with you this morning. Oh, my word. I'm so excited, pumped up. If lockdown has did out of that negativity, a great thing is to restore our joy of salvation. David prays and he says, restore the joy of my salvation because we were so busy with God that we, and, or the things of God that we were not busy really with God. And we've seen the hand of God move supernaturally, how God can do it. And, and, and God add new people and every service we have, at the 8 o'clocks and the 9 o'clocks and the 10 o'clock services and 12.30 services, new people came. And that tells you something. Oh, my word, that how good and great God is. So Loftal family and all the media family, welcome this morning. I want to take you on a journey because we speak on push until something happens. That means you're not a quitter. You're not tossing the towel. You're not going to be moved by what you feel, what your natural eye see, what your natural ear hear, or the thoughts of the enemy that he tries to plant in your mind. No! We are moved by the greatness, the word, final authority. Say the word is final authority. That's why we spoke on let thy will be done. Lord, here I am. And on the subject or the theme of push stands also for pray until something happens. And that's what we shared this week in the keys of faith. And, uh, but also persevere until something happens. Now this morning, oh my word, I want to speak to you how to live a clockwise life. Now, this is a clock. This clock is a phenomenal thing. Uh, when I bought it, it kept accurate time. And then suddenly, it started moving anti-clock. <laughs> that means it's not in sync with time. Now, 
a clock is a very precise thing to give accurate time. This thing sometimes was four hours behind instead of moving with the arm. That's when you move with, that's clockwise. <laughs> Many people's lives move anti-clockwise and you delay the process. Well, God wants you to live that clockwise life because when I push and I say, here I am and, and, and let your will be done. This is a phenomenal thing. Then I am led by the Spirit of God and I believe what God says. That's why we have a declaration from Monday to Saturday and every day. I am what the Word says I am. I can do what the Word says I can do. Do you hear what you just said? I will achieve what the Word says I will achieve. And I can have what the Word says I can have. That's the fullness of what God has in mind. Now the phenomenal thing is, it means to live a clockwise life, it's forward motion. You don't give one step forward and 20 steps backwards. No, that's anti-clockwise. Because uh, it's to push. Listen, that's what I put down here. Is to push, is to live a clockwise life. To be a do something person to be a do something church every year in the beginning of the year I ask Lovedal will the community miss us if we don't exist if the answer is no we are a useless bunch of Christians gathering in buildings having 15 services on a Sunday and don't impact the community but if the answer is yes, they will miss us because we understand the heartbeat of the Father. Then the question is, what can we do to do things greater, more powerful, and to change more lives? That's what the gospel is about, changing lives. Now, <laughs> because faith is an action. Say faith is an action. I cannot say I believe God and I just fold my arms and sit on my blessed assurance and don't move anywhere. You will get a bud. <laughs> and that's not but you're going to do what God says it's going to be. But I don't do it. And now I'm increasing in capacity. Dr. Dimas always says, yes, look. <laughs> now listen, <laughs> I want to help you this morning. Because it's serving God in action. That's what faith is about. It's to come in action. Otherwise, I start drifting. Now, I was thinking last night and this morning, and I got up early and was so excited. Oh, my word, it was something to three, and I thought it's already six o'clock that I had to get up. Drifting is one of the things. Have you seen a flock of sheep? They graze, and then without lifting up their heads, they keep on. And later on, some of them are separated from the group. They wander off, and that's when the wolves and the lions and the hyenas and the jackals will celebrate with a feast 
because that sheep start drifting. They don't live clockwise in the same direction as the rest of the group are going. Now, this is a phenomenal thing. Because when I live clockwise, it's to have a balanced life. Somebody say balanced life with God. Now, I'll tell you later on what it looks like if we out of balance. Now, you can drive a car and one of the wheels are out of alignment. And if you suddenly had to put brakes on Thursday on a high speed, a car suddenly put his brakes on in front of me. And before I could hear, man, I'm going to hit this car in front of me with a speed. But the next moment, my because the wheels are balanced, my brakes lock and I stop this far <laughs> from this car. I could see, I could feel it. And guess what? I said, Jesus! <laughs> With my foot on the brake. And I, after that, I went, sure, that was close. If the car was not in alignment, oh my word, I could turn the car over. It really happened on Thursday. Or I could hit the car on a side and got the oncoming traffic, traffic in big jeopardy. And that's why God wants yourself to live a balanced life. Now, if you, one of your wheels is a bit without air at a certain speed, it starts making this. And you wonder, what is this? It's just, it's out of balance. And everything Jesus did was always balanced. <laughs> now, there's a theory that Christian says, and when they say that, I want to do this. They say, Oh, don't go too much to church. Don't be so much to God. Only a tenth of your time. And that's why a Sunday morning is enough. I say, uh-uh, that's religion. We live not for ourselves, but for God. We need to live a sold-out life. Because what we live in the flesh right now, we live for other people and for God's purpose to help other people find the purpose, and come in balance. Now, you'll hear later when I explain this thing more. Now, this is a phenomenal thing. So Paul comes in the living, new living translation in Ephesians chapter 5, and he says something like this. So be careful how you live. Wees versichtig. <laughs> Be careful how you live. Don't. There's two things here. And out of that, a lot of things flow. He says, number one, be careful how you live. And number two, don't live like fools. That's a strong word. He who separates himself willfully is a fool. And that's why you can never separate yourself from God. He said, but like those who are wise, so I need to be a wise person. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Now, the, the Bible, the New Testament, what Paul was writing, was under a lot of persecution, more than corona, virus, COVID-19, lockdown, uh, diarrhea <laughs> or headaches, 
was much more than that. Then uh, facing challenges. Because people lost their heads for the gospel's sake. They were persecuted. And this is a phenomenal thing. He says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly. But understand what the Lord wants you to do. Turn to somebody and say, hey, you're not a zombie. You have a mind, the mind of Christ. And you're going to live a life that is so significant and accurate, like a watch giving on time. Now, there are certain things what we need to discover. To live a clockwise life, there's four things I want you to tap into this morning to make it your own. He said, what, what I need to do is, number one, I must pay close attention. Be alert to how I conduct myself because the scripture says that we've just been reading. So be careful how you live. You cannot drink yourself paralytic and smoke as a chain smoker and think your lungs will not be affected or your liver. That's in the natural. Now that's the same with your spirit life. Be sensitive. Because what is the world waiting? They're not waiting for another bunch of Christians. And everybody sent me this message. Whoa, the great outpouring is going to happen. I say, amen. But I need to explain that. Because the outpouring cannot happen if we don't ha help people to live according to the model Jesus. Did that sink in? Because we've seen revivals, and Loftal have seen many revivals and many moves of God. But that we took it further not to live in revival mode, but in resurrection power. Hosea chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. Now here is the thing. I must pay close attention. Your life is never meant to be directionless <laughs> without a direction. <laughs> to live haphazardly. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you, 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 your, your life is based on choices we make. And you either live clockwise or you live unclockwise. Now, every opportunity has a shell life. <laughs> it doesn't stand there for all that. Think back how many opportunities that you live of that bargain, that next thing. The thing you could have, and we say, if I just made that choice 20 years ago. But the opportunity has closed. Now, here with God, he says, and that's what Paul was addressing. Because I need to push through. And the pushing means to get in sync with heaven. Pick up the heartbeat and the rhythm of heaven. Be in tune of what God is doing right now. I've said it on previous broadcasts. The lockdown, the positive thing that came out is, where is our hearts? What am I living for? What's the why in my life and the, 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 the whatever I'm living for? And what's the reason for existence? You're not an accident. You're designed by God. Finally designed. Oh, my word. 
If you look at the human body, you will see how God has designed you. And that's the important thing. The second thing out of the scripture is, I must discern. South Africa say, discern. <laughs> I must discern what is the right thing to do and then act upon it. Act upon what is the right thing. Not maybe thing, not I think thing. Now what does the word says? I must discern that. And then I must live according to that because Paul says in that same scripture, he says, don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. This means, discern means, I must know and I must apply wisdom. Knowing is just information. Now, if I live just on information and I don't use the information wisely, you know that the people that manufacture drugs and there was a time they could do it out of Ratex. Ratex was not meant to create crystal meths or what they call it and out of handy andy and uh, whatever other nonsense. Handy andy was to clean surfaces. Ratex was meant to kill rats. But because people didn't discern what it was for, they create a monster. Same with us. You need to discern because the instruction from the Bible is don't live like a fool. Now the sad thing about the scripture, it was not given to sinners. <laughs> it was written to a church, the church in Ephesus. Wow. That's why we need to be very alert. Because he says, he says, what is right and act upon a discern that, that you don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Knowledge only. If I have all the knowledge and I still don't use it with wisdom, I will never transformed into the pure image of Christ. Because wisdom and knowledge always brings a transformation. And that's what we need to see. The plan behind the plan. The plan behind the statement that Paul made and Jesus made. It was always to advance you. So that you can be everything God says you're going to be. Number three out of that scripture. I must Steward my time. Manage my time. He says with great caution. And intentionally. Not haphazardly. Or mag hy troffe. Oh you know it's God's will. And I had many people. And we did many funerals. And then when I sit with the family. They say God put this on us. God is taking us through. Why did God kill my child, my mother, my husband, my father, my aunt, my uncle. And uh, it's not God. He's not a murderer. What we need to know. He says, I must steward my time with great caution and intentionally. Because Ephesians 5 says, make the most of every opportunity in this evil days. In other words, 
I must pay a ransom to make most of every opportunity. What is the ransom? You redeem something. They kidnap a person. That person is more valuable to you than money and diamonds and false teeth and weeks and (laughs) Calvin Klein aftershave. (laughs) So what must you do? To get the person free, you redeem him with what they require. And our, what we need to redeem to live, make the most of every opportunity is the ransom I pay is with my time. Time is the most valuable commodity. It's amazing how long we spent in bioscopes watching Titanic and three hours and spent time in front of TV and with family and friends and the shopping malls and wherever you go. But if a service is longer than an hour and if we broadcast, you can watch Netflix for long hours on your internet time. But if the church broadcasting is over 30 minutes and 20 minutes and 15 minutes, we complain. It tells me I'm busy losing time because when I redeem my time that God And his family is not a byproduct, but they are the product that I need to live for. I will understand what's going to happen. And this is going to be happen. I'm going to live my life with wisdom. I'm not going to be a fool. I I am going to be cautious and careful. And I will discern what is important and what not. And then I will make... Uh, of every opportunity, I will make the most of it. And the fourth thing out of that scripture comes, recognize what's really important and respond accordingly because he says, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. What did we say last week? If you live your life with plans, you will always have this vacuum in you. You will change careers, churches, business deals, husbands, wife, relationships like you change what? Because you're not living out what God wants you to do, and that equals purpose. God is a God of intention. He's a God of purpose. For this very reason, Jesus came, 1 John 3, 8, to do what? To destroy the works of the devil. For this purpose, he came, to destroy the works of the devil. And did he destroy the works? Yes, amen, yes, he did. Because he came intentionally. Now, I've put down, and for some of the pastors that are preaching this morning right now in all the different services, and I sent them this. I sent the thing. I said, with a, pu- a, with a purpose, <laughs> without a purpose, life is petty and pointless. It's a haphazard journey. Without a purpose, life is emotion without meaning. It's activity without direction. And it's ev- events without a reason. That's why we cannot do programs anymore. 
oh, we have this program and that. No, 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 no. It must be something that fulfill the purpose of God to impact the world. Because if you understand the reason of this purpose, you will discover, and you must discover this, you are greater than what you think. <laughs> you are greater than somebody's opinion. You are greater than what he said, she said, and they said. Listen, because you are more powerful than what you feel. Wow. You are, <laughs> you are destined and you are destined for greatness because in God's dream, you are pre-planned for God's life for you. And that's why you need to discover John 10, 10. That's the thing. I have come, Jesus' purpose, that you might have God's life, the Zoe life, and have it how? In abundance. That word Zoe means as God is experiencing right now. God doesn't sit with his hand in his head and say, oh, how I'm going to supply. If I do this, we're going to have a lack of money. If I give this person a new heart and somebody else, the hearts are running out and the legs and the, uh, <laughs> the eyes to see. And no, no, he doesn't have lack. He have the peace, the abundance, the overflow. That's God's plan for your life. For years, the Christians and the preachers, and I did that myself and I had to repent, stood in front of the church. Forgive me not to preaching the full counsel of God. Listen, he came that you might have that life and have it in abundance. The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came that you might have that life and have it in abundance. So when God looks at you this morning, say, God looks at me. He count every hair. Some people, Brother Ashley, he doesn't have to count many hair. <laughs> and you look great. <laughs> you look and there's some other people. Listen, he knows everything about us. And because he count the hair, numbered our days, he knows what we designed for. This is so phenomenal that God looks at you through the blood of Jesus. Wow. And through the blood, he sees you as the righteousness of God. He sees you walking in complete health. He sees you as, oh my word, prosperous. Every need met. You have abundance so that it can flow through you. Not to hoard up. That's where a lot of people miss it. And when you say, God wants you prosperous. Oh, you are prosperous. I am. So that you can be a channel that the blessing of God that flows through your life and in your life can flow through you. To be a blessing to someone. What does God use? He doesn't want to use a fish, a raven, or a donkey. He wants to use you. So that you can be the channel. That other people can be blessed. Oh, isn't that phenomenal? He looks at you. Powerful. A mean fighting machine. A champion. An overcomer. And victorious. That's why you have the ability to say, Shout it out this morning. Push! <laughs> to push 
until something happens. Now, the question this morning, because one of the greatest dangers we live and face today is personal and missional drift. What I explained with the sheep. We have, I have a personal assignment, but the church as a congregation, as Lufdal, and then first the local church before the global church, we have a mission. But the church has drifted away because we went in programs and then new revelations and now everybody is on the bandwagon, the great harvest. I believe it's going to happen. But the harvest cannot happen until we operate like a farmer, an athlete, and a soldier. Paul used that, and Pastor Yaku can preach a message about that three activities. Now, until we operate like a soldier, an athlete, and a farmer, we're in trouble. We're going to miss the opportunity. Now, here is the thing. Because Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1 says, so we must listen very careful to the truth we have heard, or we may drift away from it. The New Living Translation, Hebrews chapter 2.1. Isn't that amazing that for every plot, every booby trap, every plan Satan has, God's got a warning in his word, because his word is your roadmap, your direction, it gives you the, the plan of God. Now, God's way to a pathway, a clockwise life, a pathway to a clockwise. How do I do what God said? This is so phenomenal. If you can understand this this morning, the great commandment, say the great commandment, and the great commission leads me to live a clockwise Life, to move with God with time, with time, not against time, not anti. You see the arm of that clock moves anti, and as it moves, it, it makes us to get behind of time. But when I move clockwise, I am on time with what God is doing. How do I do it? The great commandment, Matthew twenty-two thirty-six, He says, love the Lord your God. That's the great commandment. How? With all of your heart. If somebody has your heart, what do you do? You overlook their mistakes. Oh, when a couple get married, they don't think about bad breaths on the honeymoon trip. <laughs> Hulle kom nie achter die ander een sy asem, lyk nie, reik nie lekker vroeg in die morgen nie, they don't care. It's later on when they say, oh my word, your breath, oh my word, you get fat, oh you, you get too skinny, oh, and they start with all these fight. No, 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 if you love somebody with all of your heart, that's what the Bible says, say it's the word of God. He says, with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind. Then Jesus, and it's Jesus speaking, Matthew 22, 36 to 40. He says, this is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like this. 
Love your neighbor as yourself. You can only love people when you love what God has done for you and you start loving yourself. Come on, people. I have counseled many people. They want to love God, but they cannot love themselves because of mistakes and how they look and they keep on finding fault. If you love, don't change that people will like you. Be yourself. Let people first love you and then you can change. Otherwise, you're going to be changed, 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 changed. And you want to impress. Let people love you for who you are. That's when we become genuine, not fakes. We become what you see is what you get. He says, listen, in Matthew 22, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. To love God and love your neighbor as you love yourself. The second thing that will take your life forward clockwise. The great commission. <laughs> Not the great confusion. Somebody made a statement in a big preacher this week, and I told Vanzel, I think last night or whenever, he said, this thing of gathering in small groups is not biblical. Jesus just said, go and make this. No, no, he brand his 12, Matthew 10, 1. And he called, he gave them a brand. He put a, wow, <laughs> a Zara's brand, a Nike brand, a Adidas brand. And he's 12 by saying, and he called his 12, not 13, not 14, not 15. That's very important. Now, we've overlooked that. And that was yesterday when I listened to the word and read the word. He brand his 12. He called 12. The Great Commission. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them to do everything. Eh, did you hear everything I have commanded you? Wow, that is something. The gospel is so simple and so plain. For years we've been overlooking these foundational, powerful rock scriptures to let us become a do something. And the devil, he used other revelations to drift us away from God's original intent. Oh, that's another message to preach. Because God's eternal purposes, there's seven things in God's eternal purposes. For years I was talking about the sixth thing, and this morning I heard, Gustav, this is the seventh thing, especially in this time. And it's not that we really didn't use it, but we didn't make it a point to take people where they need to go in their body, soul, spirit, their everyday living, their finances, their businesses, their relationships, their, their family setups. And these seven things comes out of these two scriptures of the great commandment of the great commission. Love the Lord your God means I am a worshiper. Everything God instruct me, I don't do it as an effort. I do it as worship. And when you worship, oh, 
Have you discovered there were times you were on the church, you were grumpy and angry and you and your spouse just had a rally and a tough and a thing and because he, he, he discovered on the way you used the credit card more than what he budgeted for. But the moment when you walk in church and they start worshipping how easy it is, you forget your differences with Sister Sandpaper and Brother Socks and your mother-in-law and... I lift my hands to the coming king. And you start lifting and I love you, Lord. And how easy it is to... But worship is not only singing, it's a lifestyle. Everything you do is worship unto God. It took me years to understand that because I thought worship is just Jabulani, Jabulani, Africa. <laughs> and then we do that. No, no. It's part of it, but it's a lifestyle. My worship is expression of a living the lifestyle of love the Lord my God. How will we love God that we haven't seen and we hate our brother that we've seen? Scripture. Second thing is, love your neighbor. That means serve. Greatness doesn't come through big names. I visit this week with one of the tutors of the University of the Western Cape. And... Uh, he said, how do I address you? And I sit with somebody that produces movies and said, how do I address you? And uh, they're busy with building cupboards in here. And this man's got a phenomenal, Colin is his name, and he's watching maybe. And he said, how do I address you? I told all these people, my name is Gustav. Yeah, but we research and some said, some person said, I know exactly when you was born. I said, when? He said, 1950 Futsack. And I said, how do you know my dad? <laughs> the person from the Western Cape, he said, I went, type in your name. And all this stuff came up. And I, he said, I said, look at me. My name is either Toy or just Gustav. Because titles doesn't give an anointing. I understand respect but I said just just say to me otherwise you're going to be threatened the whole time you speak to me I'm just a donkey that Jesus can ride on I want to see greatness happen through serving when I tell a sinner about Jesus it's serving it's loving God it's worshiping God when we feed the people and the multitudes and we're in the process of, and I'll release the information more, of doing the children, the new children's village and phenomenal stuff that needs to happen and build a, a, a new clinic on new properties and stuff and paid for. That's an, it's serving. We don't need to do it. But it's to impact somebody on the face of the earth. Because we don't live for ourselves. The third thing, how to live a clockwise life and not to drift, is to go and make disciples. That means I must share the love of God. I must bring and go. <laughs> it's not a bring and bry, it's a bring and go. <laughs> I, I, I must go and make disciples, the instructions of Jesus. 
his last words. And he said, just as my father has sent me, I send you. You are a sent one and not a went one. There's a lot of went ones. They went because they were not sent. John 20, 21, Jesus said, just as my father has sent me, I send you. He said in John 17, Father, <laughs> I have commissioned them. I have told them that just as you have sent me, I am sending them. <laughs> you see, we've overlooked. They was drifting. We need to be back on target because we have the good shepherd. At Brother Melvin's funeral yesterday, oh my word, I heard from the general of police and the colonels the most phenomenal testimonies about this man. I sat there when they brought tribute and I said, Jesus. And somebody stood up and he said, this was the first man that impacted my life. And I thought, oh my word, <laughs> don't misjudge people because they're busy with God. And this is the thing, go and make disciples. <laughs> and then number four, baptize them. So they can belong. God didn't call you. And, and that's, I sat with a great organization in South Africa about three weeks ago, two weeks ago. And I asked them, I said, if you understood discipleship, think what impact we could have had in this nation. Now you say, no, just to get the people at Jesus and they can go away. And I said, no, that's not what Jesus taught. We need to belong to a family. You need to be planted in the house that you can flourish, that you can <laughs> prosper and have a long, exciting life. God didn't call you to be an island. We belong to each other, Ephesians chapter 4. So that right to the church of Ephesus, it's a local church. The local church is important. There's a new revelation out here. I call it, it's junk in the trunk to say the local church is the, and they use this horrible, excuse my French, the whore of Babylon. I said, Phew, they're in big trouble because Jesus said they, a lot of died and said because they did not discern his body. And that letter was written to the church in Corinth. That was local churches. People were, I belong to the global church and the invisible church. I said, and I don't belong to a local because it's unbiblical. I said, then you get the global pastor and the invisible pastor to bury you or to marry you. Because I'm not going to do it. <laughs> you need, now you know I will. <laughs> because I care for people. But this is the thing. Baptize them. Make them part of the family. And number five, teach them to obey. It comes out of these two scriptures. Teach them to obey. That they can grow. Make them disciples. That's what it means. Who are you discipling? Oh, Gustav, I don't have time. I'm too busy. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too sick. I'm too... No, 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 no. The only thing you take into eternity is people. You don't take money. You don't take fame. They put a nice tombstone on your graveside. And... But whose life that you impact on the face of the earth? Because we have an opportunity, and the opportunity have a shall life, we've said. Now listen to this, number six. And this is what most organizations overlooked. They stop at the five. 
But the number six one out of this is prayer. Prayer without ceasing. Pray in the spirit. Oh my word, I shared the keys. Pray until something happens. That's God's way of doing how we get things answered and things manifest. It's to pray. Jesus prayed. And he prayed all the time. He prayed a few hours and a few minutes before Judas Iscariot handed him over for a brown bread's money. He prayed. Prayer is important. You, now, if you use one of these and not, or you use five of them and not the seven of them, because the seventh one is be a giver. Giver. For God so loved that he gave. He's only be, be a giver. Be generous. Give love. Give words of encouragement, affirmation. Give money. Serve God with your finances. You cannot serve money and God. You will either love the one and hate. Serve God. Put him as the main. I shared with people. They say, how did you do it? In this five months that we didn't have service. And when the church opened, the income for a weekend was 3000 While the expenditure and paying all the staff was more than 600 It was over $3.6 that we have to have in Rand. I gave myself out. When I know there's a challenge and big bulls coming and Things are happening, I said, and with no fear. That's the most thing, because I know if I don't do it, I'm going to drift. Fear will get hold of me, because give, Jesus said, and it shall be given back to you. How? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. God is in the running over business. Well, men give into your bosom. Start where you are. You, you have a balanced life. If I just use one or two of those, it's like I develop just one of two and I start living anti-clockwise because I'm not. These seven things have helped you to move in sync with heaven. God could have used angels, but he chose you. Money is not going to drop out of the air. It can manifest on the floor and it can. But God wants to use you to prosper you. His idea is to prosper you, to bless you with a hundred times more and blessings, say 2 Corinthians chapter 9. He wants you to be a world impactor. That's when I say you are a champion, an overcomer of war. It's living out these seven powerful principles to live a clockwise life. I can go to the gym and I say, okay, I'm just going to exercise this one arm. Later on, I have an arm with muscles like this. And I said, I'm going to just do uh, one of my calves, you know. So I exercise just the one leg. Oh, my word. And then what happened? <laughs> I will later on look like Popeye. <laughs> I have a big arm, a thin arm, a thick leg, and a thin leg. While my chest hangs over my belly, I look, it's my chest of drawers. <laughs> my whole body is out of 
balance. This is the problem. God wants his church balance. That's why balance in God's kind of thing. The word and the spirit will let you grow up. Gustav Dubli, oh, I love the outpouring. I love the anointing. By the grace of God, in the beginning of this lockdown, the spirit of God came upon me in, uh, when we broadcast me front of, front of the piano. And I said, the Lord said, you're going to see what I'm going to do in this financial times. You're going to see what I'm going to do. Now, we meet with pastors. The whole congregation disappear. The worship teams is no longer exist. The business people fade out. It's sad. And I was thinking, what was it? It's because we start living what God says. Go and make disciples. Not only church members. Now, any good leader. And I'm not afraid and shy. And this broadcast goes all over the world. It goes to Germany. It goes to Venezuela. goes to the United States. It goes up in Africa. It goes to the islands and uh, into Dubai, wherever. These, these broadcasts, the services goes everywhere. The pastors we have in our church that we have raised are more anointed than I am. They can preach better. They prophesy better. They organize better. And they're phenomenal. They're phenomenal. And I, I, I'm so proud of what God is doing through the leaders and Everybody that's watching right now, because if you balance and you put in action, not knowing but doing these seven things, love the Lord your God, be a worshiper, love your neighbor, serve, go and make disciples, share the word, bring them in. And then when they're safe and you disciple them, you keep on making disciples and keep people, you baptize them, that they belong, part of the family. We are baptized in. <laughs> what if that person says, remember me when you're in paradise, put me back in your body. Because God is, Jesus is the head of the church with his body. I cannot be an arm out there or a big toe. You're going to rot if you're not part of the body. Somewhere. You're going to get in error. You need to belong. Come on, people. Pray. Pray individually. Pray corporate. And don't pray the problems. Pray the answers. A good leader, if you tell him something, a vision, doesn't come with why it cannot be done. They come with not the problem, with the solutions. And that helped me to achieve things in the kingdom by the grace of God. And then be a generous giver. So we want to go in life. If you operate in this, you cancel the booby traps of the devil. Because now you must remember, this is the thing that the Bible says. If I balance God's purposes in my life, it puts me on a pathway of spiritual health, spiritual wisdom, and I become, what's the end product? To be more like Jesus. To be more like Christ. No longer I that liveth, but Christ lives in and through me. How did Jesus said, we will be known as disciples. How good I can preach. And I can preach. I can do it. I can even spit while I'm preaching. How good I can pray. No. 
how miracles can happen. We've seen the dead race. And I was paging through some pages with them. Joy Magazine, where we were in the Joy Magazine. They put on when I raised Dossi from the dead. When they shot her and story about all these things. That that's not, doesn't make me because God honors his word. How, how good I can have flow in the spirit. No. Jesus didn't say that's how they will know. They will know you by your love. If I love God, that love flows through me to touch lives and transform lives. Because 2 Corinthians chapter 3.18, New Living Translation. And the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. Say it after me. Say it's to be more like Jesus. Not arrogance, not prideful. To stay humble and to be teachable is the gateway. Ephesians 4.15, New Living Translation. And the Lord who is the Spirit. Uh, oh no. He says, growing in every way, more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. The church. The local church. So that when people be part of the family, they must say, oh my word, I feel the peace here. I feel the love here. I can see Jesus in people. I don't want people to say, oh, you that one. No, no, I want them to say, I can see Jesus in you. That helps me with all the mistakes, all the flaws, all the shortcoming, that people can see more of Jesus in you. That's why John says, I must become less that he can become more. Say to be more like Jesus. That's what needs to happen. Now, this is amazing. When you want to do something in God's kingdom, when you make that quality decision, I'm going to live out these seven purposes. I'll post them on the Hour of Power and Jesus International Group and put them on the Jesus Disciple 12, these seven things. Listen, the enemy has a counterclock attack against you because he don't want you to be like Jesus. He wants you religious, disgusted, busted, depressed, oppressed, compressed, living fear continually, and he wants you to give up. No, I beg you. Don't give up. You're so valuable this morning. You're so important to God. Your name was written in a drop of blood that dropped from the cross of Calvary. And he said, you mine. Say it after me. Say, I am his. Because you are his. He wants to use you in every sphere of life to impact the world. We're going to change South Africa and the Western Cape and the nations of the world by applying these seven principles or requirements or what we call it, clockwise living lifestyle. Now, the first thing the enemy comes is he comes with guilt. Did you feel guilty? I was counseling last night somebody. Her mother died and she had all these guilt. 
And I said, please, what you have done for your mother, you have done it to the best of your ability. I know when Oma Elsa died, and I mean, you know how she died. I had a guilt. Why did I move her here to Cape Town, her and her husband? Why did I do this? Why did I allow her to go in the hospital? Guilt attacked. And when guilt comes in, you start operating in fear. It says in 2 Corinthians 7.10, now we use the New Living Translation, he says, but worldly sorrow, which lack repentance, results in spiritual death. What does the enemy want you? He wants you to operate in worldly sorrow. The world is because of covet, because of businesses. In this time, people in our church, part of the Lovedal family, they start businesses. The one tell me yesterday, he said, I cannot stay ahead of business. He start in the heat of this thing. People got new jobs. They move in new houses. They got new cars. Now, not that materialistic thing is the quality, but I'm telling you, uh, they receive money. Uh, where the, the economy is so down, people sold their houses that we prayed for. People receive unexpected checks in the mail, money. And you say, Gustav, no, no, because money is the only thing that's equal to a God. People came out of that by following the instructions of doing the word, doing the word. God, if I miss one of these seven, it's rebellion. Not on purpose. I do it because I don't. And God can never bless rebellion. He cannot bless rebellious people. That's why People are limited when the Holy Spirit helped me to understand this through the word. Now remember, every revelation must be backed up by the word. If it's not the word, it's not God. Second thing the devil will come with. Now let me just say, the worldly sorrow. Godly, godly thoughts always leads. Godly sorrow. Jesus, I'm sorry. Last Saturday I had such a thing when the Lord tells me to when somebody asked me to do something and it's one o'clock and I'm in an area and I was, didn't want to do it now on a Saturday and I said, can't it wait till Monday? And boom, the Holy Spirit. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, oh, I thought I'm Lord over your life. I'm your boss. I'm the leader. I'm the one who tells you, instructs you. He said, so I'm just your savior. And whose money is it? To whom does the money? Is it mine or yours? What I Jesus, forgive me. I immediately contact Pastor Yaku and I said, Yaku, the Lord just gave me a hiding. That's what it means. He corrects you. I said, and I contact the person. I said, in the next 10 to 20 minutes, I'll be right in front of this gate. Be there. I have it available and I'm bringing it. Because I've learned that was godly sorrow leads to repentance. And I said, Jesus, I'm sorry that I could think I could manage my own life and my own time. I will make a mess. I've learned to be sensitive of what God says. <laughs> the second weapon the enemy comes to get you anti-clockwise is distractions. Distractions, <laughs> Luke says, and that's Jesus speaking, watch out. Don't let your hearts be dulled by grousing drunkenness and by the worries of this life. Don't let that day catch you unaware. Jesus speaking. That's something. That means this morning the enemy comes with distractions.
to take me drifting away from God's original intent. He comes with sickness, with death, with financial problems, with some. Now, if the enemy wants to demolish you, he will send a person, a situation, and the wrong place in your life. If God wants to lift you up and promote you, we need people in our lives. We were made for, for love and for affirmation and, and that you need somebody in your life. Because when God does this, he'll send a person, you'll be in the right place, listen, and you will be in the right position with the right situation and the right contract. That's what God does. Distractions. The plan of the enemy with guilt and distractions. And the first, third one is excuses. The moment when we put excuses above God's instruction. Oh, I cannot go to church. I, I, I can watch church and I, I'll, 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 no, no, I don't feel well. But on Monday morning when we need to go and work, the well feel is not. No, no, don't let that. It, it comes excuses. Jesus gave a parable. And he says, this man had a big party. And he said, go and invite them and start inviting them. And then in Luke 14, 17 and 18, they say, he says, come to the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. Wow. And then he, what he actually was saying, okay, you make excuses now. So you're not worthy to coming to this banquet. Don't when you hear the big sound and the party is going knock on the door because you will not allow to come in. Excuses will rob you to become a trillionaire, a zillionaire, a millionaire in the making, a million soul winner, a powerful vessel unto the kingdom of God. It will, it will hinder you to raise the dead, heal the sick, cast out devils, and to preach the good news of Jesus. Excuses will rob you. When God says become a giver, it will rob you from God's very best. Now, what is the clockwise respond? And I'm closing. Learn from the past without the past discouraging you. That you discover we all make mistakes. That means <laughs> with vision, with what you were supposed to do and you missed it and you made wrong choices, don't let that pass discourage you. Because Paul says in Philippians 3.13, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what was ahead. If you made a mistake, say, Jesus, forgive me. If you did people wrong, say, forgive me. I'm sorry, I apologize. And go on, don't be parked. Don't look in the rearview mirror. You just need a glimpse when you're driving. Don't stare on that. You're going to hit a rock because you're going to steer your life in the wrong direction. Don't let the past poison your future. You can do nothing about nine o'clock, whatever the date is today. You will only see it in 2021. The second thing is be mindfully aware of things that distract you from the good things. God will never instruct you to harm you, to do you short. He will instruct you to prosper you because he wants you to discover like Abraham what's in your heart 
God know what is in our heart. He know our answer. And he will always try to bring us when he instructs us to say, yes, Lord, here I am. Not my will, your will be done. Because Hebrews chapter 12 one says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Now sin there is not maybe smoking and drinking only what we think or put makeup on or off. That sin is unforgiveness, bitterness, missing the point, disobedience, uh, in guilt that you travel, oh my word, and all these excuses and things. No, let it go, drop it, and focus, discern, be mindfully aware of things that distract you and that wants to take you away from the good things God has in mind. How do I respond, the clockwise respond, when Satan comes with his counterclockwise attack? Number three, take decisive action. <laughs> but don't just listen to God's word, says James 1.22. You must do what it says. It's been a doer. To love, to push until something happens means I'm a doer of the word, not a listener. Doing brings transformation and change, I'm looking now from God's perspective and not from a worldly perspective. With the thing, take a decisive action. I'm going to be a doer of the word. Like the widow of Zarephath, I had a handful of flour, a little bit of oil. She had an excuse. We, this is all what I have. But I'm going to bake the cake so that me and my son and everybody can be prosperous. And guess what? She was prosperous. Until the yoke of the famine was destroyed three and a half years later. Boom! God create and make a way. Because, and the fourth one, it's not merely to, <laughs> enough to count our days. We must make our days count. It's not enough to merely count. Oh, uh, now, you know, in a few years' time, we will be 70s, and some of us in the 80s, and some of us in the 30s, and don't just count the days of, oh, I count the days over there, I can retire, go on pension. No, 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 no. You're wasting time. Let your days count. Make it count. Because remember, you are better than what you are right now. By making a quality decision and choice. By saying, I am going to love God. I'm going to make disciples. The great commandment and the great commission. Because I'm going to be careful how I live. I'm going to live with purpose. I'm going to live with direction. I'm going to live with the word of God as my final authority in what God says, and I'm not going to miss the plan of God for my life. Are you ready this morning to push through? Ready to say this week, I'm going to listen, and tonight, six o'clock, when we go further on this message to push through, I'm going to listen to the keys of faith. Tomorrow night, Monday night, to the prayer with Pastor Amy. Powerful, powerful, shocking everybody. Powerful, powerful people on this. I, I'm going to be in the leadership session. I'm going to move Friday night with Destined for Greatness. And I, I, I'm going to do something for God next Sunday morning. 
I'm either in the eight o'clock service or in the nine o'clock services or in the but I'm gonna be there, hallelujah. I'm gonna be part of that 250 people per service to change the world and be led by the Holy Spirit, not emotions, not opportunity. This is a time to make sure you are in the right place, the right moment with the right people. In the mighty name of Jesus. If you don't know Jesus this morning, I say, Lord Jesus, I come before you. I, I, I ask you to forgive me my sin and wash me in the blood. Lord, <laughs> put my name in the book of life. I'm going to serve you, Lord. I'm coming away from this broadcast today, not as a sinner, but as forgiven, as a child of God. And Lord, now I'm ready to go and make disciples. If you're the person that says, I'm going to live a clockwise life. I'm going to do everything Jesus commands me. And that's not difficult to do through our love. We love him because his instructions are not difficult. And you say, Jesus, I make a quality decision. I'm not going to let one person pass me by. I'm going to tell them and love them back to God and love them into the kingdom and love them to live a life of purpose in the mighty name of Jesus because I'm not going to have a life without motion and living go through days without emotions. I'm going to impact the world, be a world changer. If you seek, say, <laughs> through the blood of Jesus, I am healed, I'm set free. Uh, and, 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 and he has made me whole in the mighty, not only healed, I am made whole, body, soul, spirit, and every facet of my life. If you need a financial breakthrough, apply the principles, become a sower. Well, I have given already, now you can never outgive God. Now more you give, the Bible promises us, not, it's not, he said, she said, and that's it. God said, abundance will come. You will not have enough room. <laughs> he will give seed to the sower to sow, and then he gives bread to the eater so that many blessings can come to someone to impact the world. If that's you this morning, say, Jesus, here I am. Father, I thank you right now for impacting, and this is world changers, history makers, and you're going to, my Lord, take them in the peace of God above where they've ever been before. Their needs are met. They're out of debt. There's plenty more to put in store. They walk in complete health, in complete prosperity, in complete blessing. That complete, complete means body, soul, spirit. I have the mind of Christ. <laughs> oh, my word. My body is such strength is in that. I'm like Matusaloch, 969 years. Come on, somebody. And I love you, Jesus, and my everyday living in Jesus' wonderful name. Until tonight at 6 p.m. Whoopee! Say, <laughs> yeah! And be there. Tell somebody. Invite somebody. And you will never miss the plan of God. Gustav de Toy from Loftal International from the Western Cape. Let me tell you, there's a shifting going to happen in people's lives like never before. God brings you in the accurate arrangement of things. That's what it means to live in purpose. We love you. Thank you for the opportunity. And look forward for what God is doing this day. God bless you. And we love you.